be back in training sessions. We will see the evolution as always. You know, uh, those type of injuries, uh, the timelines for different players take a different time, so we cannot provide any sort of exact timeline on this recuperation or recovery. And after the last game, you said something. I think it was Marcelino probably could have started against Charlotte. Is that like probable for this week against Montreal? Is his fitness to that point? Yeah, it's still the same. You just have to make a decision on that. Obviously, uh, I don't know how many minutes he can play. I'm not sure. You have to see. For me, the most important thing is obviously maybe he can play 90 minutes. It's just more about the intensity that he's capable of performing based on his training sessions and the numbers he has hit the past weeks. And he's just uh, trying to calculate how many minutes he can play at a high level. And that's more the question we will remove today after the numbers of the session. Then one more, Franco Obama, what is his timeline? Yeah, he's still, uh, you know, in recovery. He's doing very well, to okay. be fair. He's doing very, very well. Uh, he's just still not at the point to, to come back with the team. That will probably be next week, and we'll see how often he can be on the field with the and knowing Montreal played last night, um, does that affect your tactics? Does it make you more aggressive early just to try to wear them down because you know they're tired? No. We'll, we'll try to play the same style. Uh, trying to start with the conflict as always, especially at home, and try to be a team that dictates the intensity of the game. We'll try to be that type of team, and hopefully we can do the same on Saturday, regardless of the opponent. There's always this discussion about yes they're tired maybe but also they are in rhythm they have some games and they have a more you know uh, connections there because they want to play more time than us and so with that you know what is better what is worse so for me it's just I'm ready for the best uh, in Montreal they will try to come back strong and proving believe that you know they are doing well they're a very good team last year they beat us in, in their house I remember that one so yeah we, we expect the, the best Montreal possible Gonzalo, I remember when you were introduced, we, I asked you a question about tactics and you gave a very good answer, but you did mention positional play as something that you want to establish. Um, is that something that you're doing? Like, do you feel like, like, who described that process? That's not easy to implement. It's not easy to just play that way. And Joseph just mentioned the rotations. Diego Almada mentioned step-by-step processes. So can you sort of put those together? Like, where is this team right now? within that philosophy of play? It's getting there. I think it's getting there. I think we see at times uh, that the style, you know, players occupy certain spots with uh, patience and discipline and staying there. At times I also like rotations and creativity, allowing creativity within the tactics. Uh, but I'm patient. Uh, and still, again, uh, if you notice that there has been a lot of moving parts in the team since preseason players out for internationals, injuries, coming back from different things, visas, so still the team hasn't trained enough all together with the whole squad, so I'm just waiting for that and I'm patiently really making a lot of progress in terms of the identity of the high pressure, of the desire, the ambitions, the goals, like many, many things culturally, internally in the team and the club that I feel confident that once everybody's back, everybody's here, we can have a couple of good training sessions and they understand those things more specifically, I think we're going to improve uh, a lot. But uh, I'm patient for sure. Gonzalo, okay. basado en el debut del domingo contra Charlotte y basado en los entrenamientos, 
Tiago Amada está listo para entrar inicial al próximo partido? Ah, ya veremos, ya veremos. Eh, lo, lo he dicho varias veces, quiero, quiero, quiero llevar a Tiago en el proceso correcto para que su evolución sea exitosa. No me interesa a mí que Tiago sea exitoso mañana. Quiero que sea exitoso en el paso total que tenga por Atlanta que cuando evaluemos a Tiago no lo vamos a evaluar por el partido de Charlotte, el partido de Montreal, lo vamos a evaluar por muchos partidos y es el camino que quiero seguir con él, que tenga un desarrollo, una adaptación. La verdad es que no podemos perder de vista que es un muchacho de 20 años, que viene de un país diferente, cultura diferente, un idioma diferente, diferentes compañeros, diferente liga, eh, diferente todo. Entonces, eh, para mí forzarlo a comenzar, a... quiero llevar un poco tranquilo con él, eh, pero en esa evolución va muy bien. La verdad es que se ve muy bien, se le ven muy buenas cosas en los entrenamientos. El otro día creo que tuvo chispazos de, de, de buenas jugadas en el debut. No era un partido fácil y lo hizo bien. Entonces su evolución va bien. Tengo que irlo sintiendo. Una vez, a lo mejor no tengo una respuesta concreta de cuándo, porque tengo que irlo viendo en su evolución, en los partidos, en el vestidor, cómo se integra a sus compañeros, cómo se integra a la ciudad. Y eso toma tiempo. Entonces vamos viendo cómo, cómo va evolucionando. Perfecto. Lo, lo pusiste como extremo derecho. No. Va... ¿Va a jugar ahí o va a jugar en medio o lo vas a dejar libre eh, que se mueva en diferentes ángulos de la cancha? Sí, no, no lo puse como extremo derecho. De extremo derecho estaba Brooks y después entró Jake Morrell. No. Eh, jugó más como una especie de extremo invertido, extremo por izquierda, pero obviamente en la movilidad en las rotaciones que queremos en el estilo posicional, queremos que, queremos que esté rotando constantemente. Entonces si ponemos juntos a Marcelino con Tiago, habrá veces que Tiago estará más abierto y Marcelino por dentro, a veces que Marcelino estará por fuera y Tiago por dentro, a veces Tiago terminará por detrás de Joseph, como si fuera un típico 10 atrás del 9. Y, y dependiendo de las rotaciones y los espacios que se vayan generando el partido, irá jugando. Entonces, por eso les hablo de que, ¿en dónde va a jugar? Pues no lo sé, de repente Andrew Goodman juega de extremo todo el partido porque jugamos con los laterales altos y su posición en realidad en el campo ya nominal es, es extremo, aunque decimos que juega en línea de 4 o 4 lateral izquierdo. En esa movilidad por eso es difícil definir a veces la posición de los jugadores, ¿por qué? Vamos cambiando dependiendo de los espacios que se van generando en el partido. ¿Puedes solo preguntar sobre Marino en las mejores posiciones? Yes. Ok. Can you summarize that really quickly? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, Felipe can summarize that. But uh, no, uh, he was asking about the position of Thiago, and I was saying a little bit about the rotations that we want to create and, and how at times I put Thiago as a, as a winger, mm -hmm. a flank, like a left-sided left winger. But obviously, in the way we play at times, we want him in the pocket, not just mm -hmm. on the flank. And maybe Andrew Goodman is the one that he's playing as a winger, so that's why When you guys ask me where is Thiago playing, sometimes I don't have a definitive answer mm -hmm. because at times Thiago in the game is going to move in the pocket and have a space. Sometimes going to be underneath Joseph as a typical number 10 underneath the number 9. Sometimes he's going to drop as a mate. Sometimes he might be out wide. I saw him himself 1v1 because mm -hmm. he's a very good dribbler. And his coordination with the players around, maybe Marcelino, maybe Tyler, maybe Joseph, maybe Andrew, is what makes the team uh, positionally not predictable. So we don't want to be, okay, Thiago, you're playing on the flank, left winger, stay there the whole day. So yeah, everybody knows that he's a winger. Or Marcelino, you are the 10, you have to play here all the time and don't move. Like, no, the game nowadays I think is fluid and within that fluidity, we want them to understand the time and the space of, of the game. You said, yeah, you said um, after the game that y'all needed to think about set piece defending and kind of review some stuff in your mind. You didn't think it was bad after reviewing. What What is your take on what's been going on with set piece defending? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of improving today. We work a lot again on that. I think uh, there's a lot of little things like who blocks this player, who does this job, who does this role better, but very little things. At the end, I think in the goal that we took, there were a few confusions because of the subs that mm -hmm. just came in. Uh, and then, uh, again, credit to the opponent. It was a great ball and a great header. So uh, we have to also give credit to the position in certain plays, but obviously we can do better. What I would highlight as well is the attacking set pieces. I think we were very creative. Mm -hmm. We created one that I still don't know why it wasn't a goal. Yeah, me neither. But, <laughs> but I, I, I understand that referees are correct, and so I just didn't see anything major to, to not allow in that. But it was a very good ball, very good movement, very good header again for us, and good count. And there were a few chances there where we create danger in the attacking set pieces, so that's another possible. I think the team is feeling capable also to hurt opponents with our attacking set pieces. And so, can you explain a little more about how to the process behind creating those attacking set pieces and then when to implement them and how to execute them? Well, I delegate a little bit. Right. I delegate on that. So, this year, uh, my assistants, especially Diego and Eugenio, they are in charge of both attacking and defending set pieces. But obviously, Liam helps and Rob helps and I help with you know, maybe ideas. But the process is they scout everything about the opponent and then they try to create different ways to attack their weaknesses or the spaces that we think we can attack. And that's how it works. The same with defending. We see what are the tendencies of the opponent. We don't really check the data so to check where we put the balls more often. We take most of the corners of the, of the white free kicks. And then we try to cover with that. And so it's a very good process that they have. Confidence on them, they do a very good job. I'd like to go back to this notion of patience. I think it's really interesting because it's not typical in the short history of Atlanta United. They've just gone full metal. Um, and obviously, it's something that you're preaching a little bit. With Tiago Mata, $60 million, does that change your approach? And probably not, but how do, you, how do you add that sort of pressure or how do you deal with that pressure that? He's getting from us, he's getting from everyone else that sees the price tag. How does that play into your process with him? Well, I, I, I would like to take all that pressure from him. I would like to, I, I always think, as Hugo Sanchez, Hugo Sanchez, one coach that I had, he said that he had big shoulders, and I always think of myself the same way. I, I can take that weight. And if people criticize the decision, they're going to criticize me, not Thiago. And I'm okay with that. I can handle that. I think the results are going to speak for itself. I think so far we've been doing good in terms of results. So I'm not rushing anything. I think I, I understand the path that he has to go through to be successful in this league. And at the end in time, I think people will understand that is the right call. But if they criticize me a little bit now, I'm okay with that and I can take it. And I will uh, try to obviously reevaluate Thiago every week. That's what we do for every player, but especially now Thiago because he's the new player in the system in our group. We have to assess how do we see how is he integrating to the player, just the Latinos, but the Americans, the other players, like all those little things that maybe uh, at times you guys don't see and we see every day in the locker room, in the training field. And, and for me, I have to pay attention to those details. So patience, I think. I can be patient, I understand the results in this big matter, and we have to deliver three points every weekend, so 
not putting Tiago since the beginning doesn't mean we have, we don't have a plan or we don't want to do more sessions. We want just to be patient with him, making sure that his integration is okay. And then at some point, obviously, he will produce for the team. And he will be a very good player, and I hope that uh, the fans will enjoy Tiago Almada with his 100% and his integrated same time, I think his partner is the whole team, and the whole team can provide services for him because that's his role, he's the finisher. He has to be the one that finishes all the chances that we create among others, but the main responsibility for him is that one. So I would like to see not just one partner, but just I would like to see four or five where you know, our fullbacks are high and they're delivering crosses from higher heads, area crosses from deeper, through balls from two or three players on the wing, long passes in behind from centre-back to midfielders when the position play a high line. And I would like to see uh, Joseph with multiple partners and not just one. Because if we just need one, then when that player gets away, gets away without a suspension, international break, then Joseph won't succeed. Now, I think we have to approach this as a team. And as everything we do is as a team, and, and the team has to play good football, create enough chances, and then I think Joseph will enjoy the chances we play.